Welcome to the 320 Podcast, where we encourage you to reach for the immeasurably more life with Christ. From discussions on scripture, to poetic messages, to dreaming big with Jesus, you will enjoy a variety of episodes brought to you by Shelley Wilson Ministries. To find out more about Shelley Wilson Ministries and the many resources available to you, please visit our website at www.shelleywilsonministries.org. I was thinking last time we had a group of people, you remember, around the table? Yes. In my house? Yes. <laughs> My, how things have changed. <laughs> yes, we actually have a studio now. <laughs> yeah, who knew we would be in a building and all of this good stuff. But um, so this is Jessica Gunter. Hello, everyone. Yeah, good friend. Um, so so we're bringing her back in for several reasons. Um, first of all, because she's published a book, um, Walking Each Other Home. It's an end-of-life planning book. I call it. I really call it a resource or tool, you know, like Work everybody yep. needs, one, needs one of these. Yep. Um, but, I, but I know the listeners, we were just talking about this before we came on. I know some of the listeners will not know your story. So let's talk about the book, why you, why you felt the need, because a lot of this, I believe, was an unction from the Lord. You know, this is what I call out of the box, right? You right. felt all of that. Right. You didn't know you were going to do a book, necessarily, when I first heard your story. Right. So let's start with the book, and then let's kind of backtrack how you got here. How's that? Okay. Okay. So um, the book came about from I was working in a funeral home, um, and I saw a need where people could write down their wishes, their specifically their funeral wishes, Right. You know, just the small things, what they want to, what they want to have done with their body, whether they want to be cremated, whether they want to be buried, all the way down to the small details of what do I want to be wearing? What do I want? What flowers do I want? And so that's where this originally kind of started was giving people a place to write those details. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I started writing the book, I started collaborating and thinking of my medical training and the medical side of things and... There's not always a good place to document those type of things. So tell them what you do medical-wise. So I'm a respiratory therapist. I have been for 12 years now. Um, I became a funeral director just this year. I went back to school and did the training for that. So kind of in between two careers. And so this book really encompasses both. Right. Gives you the medical side and the funeral side of it. Mm -hmm. So then take them... So let's go ahead and backtrack because it's so much part of your story. Because when I heard what the Lord was doing with you, you're deep into respiratory therapy. It's your normal day-to-day job. And then, you know, you you see death. You know, we've talked about that. You encounter death on a daily basis. Right. Most of us don't. So you see the ins and outs, the people who are ready, the people who are not ready. Does that make sense? Uh, you even from our believer standpoint, those who know the Lord, how they tend to handle the end of life versus those who don't. That was something that seemed to weigh on your heart. The families who were prepared versus families who were not. Right. right. So all of that was coming into play as a respiratory therapist. And because I know you, you quickly said you were a funeral director, but there was such a process to get there. 
And I guess if I was a listener and didn't know you, like, why would you do that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. How many times you get that question? Why would you do that? Right. You don't realize how much um, being a respiratory therapist, you see death. Um, for people who don't know, a respiratory therapist deals with a lot of people um, who are in stage disease processes, and now they are on a ventilator. They're right. on what you know people say a breathing machine and so respiratory therapists control that machine and so we see the sickest of the sickest people um and a lot of times those people pass away and so right. i was seeing it firsthand for 10 years before i ever went into the funeral industry so what led you to the funeral industry so i've always been a little interested in um funeral directors and what they did i just never really looked into it i had a friend whose mom passed away and I was involved in helping her make some arrangements, and that really sparked an interest. Mm -hmm. So I went and found a funeral home and got to know a little bit more about them. You want to tell them a little bit about that story? Sure. So Which we, for those who don't know, we did cover this on a past um, season with Jessica where she kind of tells her story. Of course, that's several years, a couple years now, right? Yeah, been uh, almost five years ago. No way. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's right. Um, but I'm going to let her, I'm going to let you start over on that because it's hilarious. First of all, yeah. um, not, we, we, when we recorded you the first time about this, that episode was called crazy faith. We were talking about some of my crazy faith and then we brought you in for crazy faith. Cause this, this is one of those moments. I think this is crazy faith. <laughs> and I think we kind of mock it at times as crazy when it's really normal. Like, right. this is the normal life with Christ. Right. He does ask us to do things that are uncomfortable. He pulls us into new areas. He shifts our focus unexpectedly, but he uses everything. Right, right. Just like he's doing with you now. He's using all the, all the respiratory therapy. So tell him the story of the funeral homes. Okay, so we, um, we've always lived in East Texas. My husband got transferred down. Uh, to South Texas, which is about six hours away. So I was isolated and alone, you know, didn't really know anyone there. My right. daughter was about to start kindergarten. So I thought this would be a great opportunity for me to really uh, take some time and get to know more about the funeral industry. And God really laid it on my heart to just go introduce myself to the funeral homes and um, maybe see if they just let me shadow them for the day, just get to know them. So I fought with God about this for a while, and I finally said, okay, God, I'll do it. So I printed my professional resume, you know, dressed nice, went to the first funeral home. There was three in town. No way. You skipped over such a funny part. You didn't have anything to wear. So, hold on. Let's, okay, my head I'll get you? there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I'll get there. So I um, went to the first funeral home and introduced myself, and uh, they were nice. They just politely escorted me to the door and said they didn't have time <laughs> so I went to the second funeral home and same thing they were nice they just thought I was a little bit crazy I could tell politely escorted me to the door said they would call never heard from them and so then I'm in my car I'm pouting I'm talking to God you know you told me to do this I know mm -hmm. I heard you without a doubt this is what you wanted me to do I've gone to two funeral homes they've absolutely looked at me like I'm crazy I'm feeling like I'm crazy um, just really having Struggling. this whole conversation with God, right? Yeah. So he says, try again. 
And so I went to the third funeral home in town. Um, I walked in and sitting at the table there was the biggest smile. Um, the funeral director, his name was uh, Pastor Tarver. Um, and Mr. Trevino were both sitting there. They welcomed mm. me in. We, I sat down. We had a great conversation. They wanted to know more about me, what I really was looking for. Um, and they told me, you know, the owner's wife wasn't there. So they said, you know, we're fixing to go to lunch. Let us get with her. Make sure it's okay. Mm-hmm. Talk some things out. And we'll get back to you. And I thought, well, okay. So I left. I thought, well, if they're really serious and they're going to use me, I'm going to need to go get some funeral clothes, right? you got to have the <laughs> pantsuit. Mind you, none of your family knew where you were that day. Right, right. I didn't tell anyone that I was going to funeral homes. Not even my husband. I didn't want to scare anyone out. or yeah. <laughs> make them think I was going crazy. So I kind of kept this to myself. So I left, and I went to the Goodwill in town, and I was on the search for a pantsuit. And it was my lucky day because I found three pantsuits that fit me perfectly and some nice funeral shoes. So um, as I'm in the fitting room trying these clothes on, talking to my sister about my great finds, the funeral home calls and says, hey, can you come back right now? We want to get to know you. The, the owner's here. She wants to meet you. And I thought, well, absolutely have the perfect pantsuit on. So <laughs> and the shoes. And the shoes. So I'll see you in a minute. So I went back and um, met the owner. Um, we hit it off, and I spent the rest of the day there. While my daughter was on her first day of kindergarten, I spent the day unloading caskets. I got to sit down and meet with a family and make funeral arrangements. Um, my phone rang 50,000 times because my husband had no idea where I was. Um, but, yeah, it was just meant to be. I mean, I couldn't have. If I would have given up after that second try, this journey would have right. been so much different, right. you know. But when I went and I was honest with him and, mm-hmm. you know, cried out to him and he said, try again. And yeah. I'm glad I took that step and didn't give up. Right. That rem- reminds me of Elijah when he was praying for the rain like seven times. Yeah. Right. Go yeah. look. Go look. But how many times we get, we do quit. Right. We quit too quick. Right. And I wanted to. I mean, I felt right. I felt crazy, like maybe I didn't hear him right when right. he told me to do this. Yeah. So, which is such a common wrestle, anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but, but you know, he doesn't. He doesn't ever promise us it's going to be easy. Matter of fact, he's going to test our faith on it. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. how serious are you about obeying me? Yeah. Because I, I can tell you, I have t- people more times than not. When I start getting into something, it gets hard. They're like, oh, it must not be the Lord. I mean, if I were to listen to everybody mm-hmm. that told me that, I wouldn't do anything because everything's right. hard. Right. It's all hard. It's all hard. Right. You know, I don't find anything in the scriptures that were real easy. Right. You know, but that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, so now we, you know, so you went to New York, COVID hits. Right. So I worked at the funeral home for two years mm-hmm. and then COVID hit and I... Uh, went to be a frontline worker uh, in New York um, to help the fight against COVID. So I went back into fun- back into respiratory therapies and left the funeral directing behind. Right. But don't you think all of that's played a part? Oh, yeah. Tell them about the, um, you know, I've, I have found it interesting, which we've talked about this several times, even when you had the van and you were transporting people after they passed away. 
to funeral homes. Is that mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and that didn't last that long. Right. Just. But you mm -hmm. learned that part of the industry, mm -hmm. which is to me training. Right. Because because you have an understanding that needed to be understood. Um, and I remember when you first talked to me about this, too, one of the things on your heart was to take care of families as they go through the process. You were concerned about, you know, funeral prices. Mm -hmm. You were concerned about um, the shock of it all and how rapid, you know, we kind of, the families don't have a lot of time to grieve. They're in a state of shock mm -hmm. often. They can't think through which is a part of the reason you did the book. They can't think through questions that are asked after a loved one passes away, um, which I think all of that played into what you wrote in the book. So think about some of those things. You ended up um, handling a funeral of a family member not too long ago. Right. Because of all you've learned. Right. So kind of speak to that and, you know, maybe some of the things you you saw that maybe you thought, oh, I'll need to put that in the, the workbook. Yeah. So since I started this journey, um, he's put me in different scenarios. Like you said, I uh, had an uncle that passed away uh, who wanted to be cremated. And I was able to walk alongside my aunt and help her um, take on those tasks of um, getting her paperwork in order to you know, contacting the crematory to, um, we printed the memorial folders ourselves. Um, we did a little memorial all ourselves, Um, and then we even planted his, um, we, we buried his ashes. So, you know, there's been different scenarios over the years, um, just like that, where, you know, I had a transportation business. He gave me the opportunity to, um, work directly for other funeral homes where, for those that don't know, funeral homes will hire companies to transport um, loved ones when they're transporting them across the state, maybe to a different funeral home, mm -hmm. or they're, they have to go to the medical um, examiner's office uh, for autopsies. They'll hire companies to transport them for them. So God gave me a chance to uh, be on that end of it and see the transport side mm -hmm. of it. Um, so I had a small company that did that for a while. Um, and then, you know, with my medical background, going back in and seeing COVID play its toll on people so suddenly. We had right. all these young 30-year-old healthy yeah. individuals who, in the blink of an eye, now are on death's door. Yeah. And so I've got to see firsthand uh, with COVID how quickly things can change yeah. and how you need to have that paperwork in, in order now because you never know what's promised for tomorrow. Right. So. Exactly. Um, and it, you know, when we were, so Jessica did a workshop here at the ministry, um, which was well attended. Mm -hmm. Um, and even yesterday we were, I was talking about it with someone, um, and at our last prayer meeting, he was like, oh my gosh, I need her to be my funeral director. <laughs> <laughs> like already. Yeah. Um, because they've been able to flip through the books and them have gotten copies of the book, um, because you were you have remembered things that make complete sense but not, none of it I would have remembered in the end you know yeah. wouldn't have been on my mind like get it, you know passwords write all your passwords down um so although the the gospels in the first part and you you talk a lot about heaven you talk a lot about hell 
the realities of both. You 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 deal with some theological issues, um, or can we call it myths right. that we see being that aren't true right. from the scriptures, which I think is good. We know the scriptures say it's better to go to a funeral than a wedding. Why? Because everybody's going. Yep. Right. Sometimes you need a you need a stark reality to remind you that exactly. your time is limited too. Exactly. And so one of the things I thought was interesting, because, you know, I'm a tool girl. Anyways, I love to use tools. Um, I use tools with girls uh, before I started ministering to women. Is you, it's not surprising to me that God would take somebody and put them in this industry. Not surprising at all. Because he's got to. He's, this is prime opportunity. Right. Last I hate to say last stitch effort, mm-hmm. but for some, yeah, yeah, right. For some, it's the the reality of okay, there is a heaven, there is a hell. The minute my eyes are closed, there is no more. Mm-hmm. It's 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 already been solved. It's like you've chosen, right. so you deal with a lot of that, which is you know my favorite part. Yet the practical side of it all too, which so many people were thankful for in the workshop, of taking the burden off the family. And, and not leaving it, because I think so many of us would have left it to our kids to choose, right? But you saw that that just wasn't good. Right. There's there's so much strife and diversity when someone passes away. The families often, I mean, I'm pretty sure all of us can sit down and think of a moment where um, you saw a family, their loved one passed away, and it caused so much divide and so much conflict on just making those decisions because everybody has their own idea of what they think that person would want so if you can take that those decisions off of your family it just makes the process so much more peaceful for them and then no one's up in the air yeah no one's questioning and you know we all tend to say things and you know we watched a movie and maybe say well I would never want to be cremated but then you saw something else you may have said to another child well you know, cremation might not be that bad. Well, now you've got two wow. scenarios where one kid thinks you don't want it, one kid thinks you do. That's a good point. When the time comes, now both these kids think they're right. And they both heard you right. Yeah. But ultimately, what, what was your choice? Did you, If you didn't tell them, if you never wrote right. it down, right? they're both going to think they're right. And that causes a lot of strenuous conflict that can easily be resolved if you just write your wishes down. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen that. Um, even in our own family, the death of nothing being written down. Mm-hmm. So then as things are dispersed, it just doesn't go well. <laughs> right. right. And the devil, Everybody's in grief. Right. It's a playground for the devil if yeah. um, if you leave that open. Yeah. They're going to, the devil's going to, he's going to use that grief. Right. He's going to use that stress, family. that emotion, and just cause a, a great yeah. divide in families. Yeah. Well, and when my uh, husband's mom passed away, he he did say he said because he went with his dad to make arrangements. He said I don't I don't see how people do it. He said it was even hard for me because they see they're mm-hmm. both in grief. Yeah, father and son, they're both in grief. Right, there's a lot more decisions than people realize. Yeah, he he just was blown away at the 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 massive questions mm-hmm. that had to be answered right away. Right, everything when someone passes away, mm-hmm. you know, you have to. You have about a day or two to make all those decisions, and there's a lot of decisions. Right. A lot of money is involved in those decisions. Yeah. Um, if you can pre-plan, you can usually save your family a lot of money, right. too. 
So do you want to talk about where you feel like the Lord is taking this, where your heart's desire is? And Well, that road keeps twisting and turning <laughs> a little bit. When I first started this journey, I really thought, um, you know, the goal was to have a funeral home. And I still think that is in the plan. Um, but I think he's taken me the long way around. Um, ultimately, I think the end game here is I would love to own, um, I say funeral home, but I don't want anything traditional about it. I don't want, when you think funeral home, that's not what I'm thinking. Um, I would more relate it to maybe a community center slash event center, mm -hmm. somewhere that's warm, welcoming. Um, when you think of funeral home, that's not really the word you would use, you yeah. know? So I want to have somewhere that help people from day one, not just somewhere that they come when their loved one passes away, but someone, somewhere where they can come um, and get information, um, be used educationally to prepare people for grief, all aspects grief of it. counseling. Grief counseling, yeah. not just the moment of death mm -hmm. and those days that follow, those few days that follow. I want to be able to offer people, you know, preparing for whatever you know they're facing that disease yeah. that be a good educational resource for that mm -hmm. but then after the death grief is something that people don't get over in a year right you know right. It takes years yeah. um, for people to work through that and I'd love to have a place that we can offer grief counseling and things of that nature so whenever I say community center I want a funeral home that really does a lot of outreach. Um, yeah. You don't see that a lot in funeral homes. Kind of homes. builds a fellowship either. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because we, we find here, um, you typically forget people in grief after about three months. Oh, for sure. And then all of a sudden no one's reaching out to them again. Mm -hmm. um, it's already hard for them to come to anything, mm -hmm. you know, and not everybody's ready at first. But it always helps to have people who constantly reach out. Mm -hmm. That way, when they are ready, they right. know they have a place to go. Right. Because there's nothing worse than feeling alone. And they're not alone, but they feel like they are. Right. Right. Grief really isolates people and yeah. uh, can play mind games with them, you know, and Absolutely. make them feel alone. And I think a funeral home, uh, as hard as it could be for someone to have to come back there after they've you know watched their loved one uh go through that uh it can also be a good place for healing you know yeah where the brokenness was yeah um yeah do you want to talk about some of the cool things that you want to do different sure so um like i said uh when you think of a traditional funeral home that is absolutely not what i have in mind um so uh, one of the newer things um which is not new uh it's called natural burial green burial so it is just what it sounds like. So, you know, back in the old days, that's what they did. They mm -hmm. naturally buried somebody. They didn't. They didn't do embalming. Embalming didn't come around until mm -hmm. um, the 19th century. So, before that, what did we do? We we kept the loved ones at home. You know, the family would wash their body and prepare their body, um, wrap them in linen, or put them in a wicker basket, or you know, a simple pine box, and. Um, it was all inclusive. The whole family had a part, right, mm -hmm. in the funeral. Um, and yeah. I feel like that really gives people closure. Yeah. It really gives them, uh, when someone dies, you always want to, you always feel helpless, right? Yeah. Well, if if you have, if you go back to the way that we used to do it, 
everybody had a part, everybody had a place mm -hmm. involved in that. So my goal would be to have a natural burial cemetery um, and funeral home where the family could be more involved. You know, what happens when your loved one dies at home? The first thing you do is call the funeral home. They're there within 30 minutes. They scoop the body up and they leave with it. Mm -hmm. And you're not included in that process. Yeah. I think it would be beautiful if when your loved one died, you put a pot of tea on, you took your time, mm -hmm. you embraced those final moments with your loved one. There's no need to hurry. There, yeah. there's, no, there's no reason we have to rush them out, you know. Yeah. So I'd like to uh, encourage people, you know, if, if you'd like to – Maybe wash mom's hair, you know, maybe yeah. brush mom's hair one last time. Rub lotion on her hands, you know. There's mm -hmm. so many small things that can mean a lot, you know, um, before we step in and, and take the body. Right. And then once they're at the funeral home, there's no reason necessarily people need to be embalmed anymore, you know. Yeah. Um, embalming is just what we do now. But we, if you stop and look at it, why do we do that? Um it doesn't always have to be done. And why do we do that, Jessica? Well, it was... <laughs> I mean, don't have to get so scientific. No, but it, it was, seriously. you know, it was created to preserve the body. Yeah. Um, and on back um, when your loved ones would go to war, right, and they were killed in the battle, to get the body from the battlefield mm. back home, they started embalming bodies. Okay. So that's where it developed was to... Embalm the, embalm the body so that they could make it back to their yeah. loved ones. So it, it's, it's to preserve, you yeah. know, and it does a good job of preserving, mm -hmm. but it's not a requirement. It's not something that you have to do. Which is not something I would have thought. Or most people that I've heard right. you talk to right. here, everybody assumes that's what you do. Right. It's a requirement. And it's not. And if uh, you really want to think about it, uh, embalming fluid is toxic it is a uh, carcinogen and okay. you're putting all that into the earth you know and right. um which we'll, which so talk about that as far as the caskets so caskets i was think explaining of, right. that in our room the yeah. other night so caskets are made out most caskets these days you traditionally see are made out of steel they're made out of metals you put that into the earth that's basically poisoning the earth right um, then you add all the embalming fluids all that seeps into the earth mm -hmm. and you're basically poisoning the earth yeah. so green burial natural burial does not use embalming fluid and you use biodegradable products so you can wrap the body in linen you can put it in a wicker basket you can put it in a pine box anything that's biodegradable and there's okay. really beautiful options for that yeah. um, you just have to look look into right. it yeah, and so that would be my goal is to yeah. give people, and and it's less. All of that's less expensive. Absolutely. So it's it's very financially um, affordable for families. A traditional funeral um, in the United States right now is anywhere from ten to twenty thousand dollars. Average being about twelve thousand dollars, and that's in this area. You can do a natural burial, you know, two thousand to four thousand. Yeah. And still have all the all the things that we're used to. You can still have a visitation. Right. You can still have, you know, a, a traditional funeral as you you would think of. You know, you can still do all those things. You just have to do it a little bit different. But the but you don't have to too. You don't have to. Yeah, I remember when my mom's mom passed away. She dreaded that visitation. Yeah. But 
I guess she didn't feel like she could say, I don't want to do that. Right. 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 So you hear people all the time say, I don't want. We put the families through so much. And if that's mm-hmm. what they want, that's one thing. Right. Right. I don't want, I don't want an open casket. You hear people say that all the time. But what, when the time comes, what do we do? We put we them open in an open ca- casket. Yeah. You know? And personally, I don't want that to be the last memory people have of me. Right. Is in an open casket. Right. And so this just gives people more options, more mm-hmm. opportunity to really think about what they want. Mm-hmm. And, and make it happen. So, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and I know affordability was important to you because there are some people having to take out loans. Yes, yeah. To bury their loved ones, which and it that's terrible. That's that's trauma upon trauma. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Those. Uh, not trying to speak ill of funeral homes, but a lot of those loans, you know, they have twenty percent interest. I mean, it's going right. to take these families twenty years to pay off a ten thousand dollar loan. You know. Yeah. That's just too too much pressure. Right, right. But that, you know, if if your loved one didn't make those plans in advance, right. you feel guilty if you don't get them the best of the best. You know, you don't put them in that seven or $8,000 casket. You don't put them in that. You almost feel like you're dishonoring them, right? Right, absolutely. Yeah. Which yeah. is not really true. It's not true. Yeah, absolutely. Now, some people, if you want that, that's great. That's beautiful. Right. Um, but I just want people to have more options. Right, right. One of my favorite parts of, of your workbook is things I want my loved ones to know. And you put, uh, in my life, God has gotten me through, dot, dot, dot. Right. Or my favorite Bible verses. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because let's be honest, we don't always have those discussions family-wise. Or if it's extended family, they wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, for me, I've been to many funerals where, let's say, pastor doesn't really know the family. Mm-hmm. Whoever's preaching it doesn't know the family. They don't know what to say. Not a lot of comfort there, mm-hmm. right? Right. But um, it would be comforting to me to hear things or to let to know that my kids, I can write something down like this is this is what I want you to remember. This right. is what I want you to know. That it's not just a funeral day moment, mm-hmm. something they'll carry for a life. Yeah. Right? So it almost leaves a legacy of things that were possibly never said. Right. There's a lot of valleys that we go through that we don't always um, talk about. You right. Know? Um, you know, maybe your kids were little when you went through that valley and you never shared it with them. Right. You know, maybe, you know, you just dealt with it yourself and you never really talked about whatever Mm -hmm. those issues were whatever you Mm -hmm. went through that God got you through this just gives you a chance to write those things down you know to give your families the peace um of knowing that they're going through a valley right now but here's how mom or dad or got through it right this is how they went through those moments in their life this is how they pursued on Mm -hmm. you know it just really gives you time to sit down and think of what's important to you and what you want your family to remember you for. Right, right. And then for me, uh, just because, you know, this, the way I think, I would, those in my family that aren't believers, or maybe they are, but they're not really walking with the Lord, mm-hmm. this kind of causes reflection. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know? I, I like. So to it's s- an evangelistic tool for me. Absolutely. So, um, you you know, say you've walked your whole life with the Lord and you've been mm-hmm. very outspoken about it, but when it comes to your death, that can also be a testimony. Right. You know, you can use that 
Absolutely the testimony. If you've ever been to a funeral of someone who absolutely loved the Lord, it's going to show in their funeral. Yeah. You know, we've all been to that funeral where we got goosebumps, Mm -hmm. where you could feel the presence of the Lord there. This this book can help you get there, can help you think about those things Mm -hmm. so that the peace is just overflowing, even at your funeral. And to even plant, because it made me think, and I'm pretty outspoken, but it made me think about, okay, that is my last hurrah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is Shelly Wilson's last moment to make impact. What am I going to do? Right. What, what, are what the... do I want to do that day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this gives you all the possibility in the world. Yeah. Preach your own sermon. Oh, and I, my family already knows, <laughs> of course, you know, they're like, you better put that in your wheel because, you know, how yeah. they're like, we're not going to let you preach yours. I, I will tell my attorney, <laughs> but it it does. It makes, and I, it's so strange to almost be excited about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like to know that's planned and that, yeah, I may be gone, but mm-hmm. you're going to hear me one more time. Yeah, I get the final word after all. Yeah. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, there's just the possibilities are endless if you really mm-hmm. sit down and have the hard conversations now. You know, right. think about those things. Yeah. I mean, you can really leave a legacy, but you can also leave a, a beautiful testimony for your family. Right, right. So then let's tell the people <clears throat> because I probably will um, scatter this uh, on this radio station too. So you're going to be doing more workshops. Right. So uh, the goal of this book is just to to not just talk about the book. I want to sit down and put a pen to paper with you and let's go through the book together and let's do it together. Because Mm -hmm. oftentimes if you hand somebody a book, they're going to take it home. They're going to sit it in the corner and they're just never going to take the time to actually put the pen to it. So my goal is to have another workshop uh, coming up in February. We're going to try to have one here in Troop. And... um, sit down with you and let's walk through it and let's put the pen to paper and let's answer those questions together. Okay. So what's the best way to get hold of you? Are so you, we uh, do an email. Uh-huh. I have an email, uh, Jessica Gunter 33 at yahoo.com. Um, and I also have a Facebook page, uh, walking each other home. That's right. Yep. And, uh, Instagram walking each other home. So I've got some new videos put together. So uh, just tackling topic by topic. Um, So you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and just catch little tidbits of things that we don't talk about enough. Right. And you know what? I'll put put, uh, those links up to um, where we can on our Facebook, which I think we already have some of that, but we'll do that. And then on the station, just because sometimes they'll listen. Um, and they'll want to go right there for it, but they'll forget it. You know what I yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. So we can do that. So anything else you want to share? Just, I mean, you pretty much covered the whole story, although it's been a extended time period for the Lord to get you here. You're currently working in North Dakota. You're right. COVID. Right. right. Still working COVID. Um, and uh, I've tried to get away from COVID, but he keeps <laughs> keeping me there. So, like I said, this journey's had a lot of twists and turns that I wasn't expecting, you know. But mm-hmm. um, I know he's not forgotten me, and this is all part of his plan. Right. Yeah. So 
I'll keep being a respiratory therapist until he wants me to do other otherwise. Must be still things to learn mm-hmm. or people to reach or things to see. Yep, for sure. All right. Well, thanks for thanks for coming in. It won't be our last conversation. <laughs> I'm quite sure we'll keep updating people as you go. And yeah, you know, we're always praying for that funeral home celebration center, see, whatever you end yeah. up calling it. Um, so for those who are listening, who are prayers. Uh, pray in the land. Absolutely. <laughs> pray in the land where she is to be. God already knows. Right. He knows. He knows. He'll. He knows he'll where he it wants it. Absolutely. Yeah. We hope today's episode has blessed you and encouraged you to pursue Christ passionately. To join us again for more encouragement, equipping, and empowering, subscribe to the 320 Podcast. We would also like to invite you to enjoy our round-the-clock radio station, Royalty For Real Radio for Women, at royaltyforreal.com. That's royalty, the number four, real.com.